Hey friends, it's good to see you again. I'm Brian. And I'm Joe. Let's, Let's start, start the show. You're going to comment. I, I have to comment because we really want to bring people around the campfire and I just don't feel like that intro does it. It just doesn't do it. Okay. I mean, not the... We've said it before. I'm just repeating it again. And you are working on a new one. Yeah, I was working on it just yesterday. I was like, it's time to just start laying down some tracks and seeing what comes up. The rough drafts are... They're needed. You know, you got to write some... I'll just call it rough drafts. I don't want to get down (laughs) on my process. But yeah, it's coming. It's coming. You you were going to say something like a bad one or something like that. But none of them are bad because they get you to what you want. Yeah, they weren't terrible. I mean, even... (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, so um, about what episode are we on? This is going to be 87. Oh, and and I wanted to announce, this comes out, this is our one-year celebration podcast, this one. Oh! um, I don't know. Let me see if I can do like a little... I wish we had these memorized, Joe, because then... (laughs) Like you're, it, no, we're not gonna have it memorized. So, <laughs> that, first of all, <laughs> okay, and one year. one year. Oh, thanks everybody. That's really nice of you. So it'll be it'll be one year on June fifteenth. This will come out June fourteenth. That's awesome. Well, um, here's to a year. Here's to another one, maybe if people are listening. There you Jeez. go. My water bottle, your Red Bull, clinky. Man, we definitely prepared for the occasion. We did not. Yeah, well, we had the beer guy on already, so yeah. I was already feeling like fancied up, and then we we're just like, we're gonna do a fun one. And now I'm feeling like we should have got fancy because we're inter- I mean, with the, the the news of the year anniversary comes out, and we've got nothing. We're we're about as exciting as well. We got saltine crackers and leftover peanut butter. If anyone's hungry, I wish we had that now. Okay, so I just actually did that yesterday. It's a whole sidetrack because we have a guest here that we will introduce. But yesterday, my daughter was a little under the weather, so I went and got her ginger ale and mm-hmm. saltine crackers because mm-hmm. that's what I always wanted when I was sick. She didn't care for any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I mixed some peanut butter and honey together oh, uh-huh. in a little 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 serving dish, uh-huh. you know, yep. and then dunked the saltines in there. Hey. It's a pretty pretty delicious little treat. Yeah, I forget that kids don't like ginger ale. She was drinking some today. I just think maybe when she was, you know, sometimes when you're sick, you just, you want weird things and don't want other things. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I like ginger ale. I used to mix it with, um, yep, cranberry juice. Wow, that took a long time for that to come. Cranberry juice and ginger ginger ale. ale. Yep. Okay. So uh, our, our guest here today uh, Steven Underwood, or is it Stefan? Steven. Steven, okay. Because mm-hmm. in my head, it's always been Steven. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could be wrong, because yeah. I'm wrong with names all the time. Okay, Steven Underwood, who is the pastor for Central Christian Church here in Great Falls. Mm-hmm. And we welcome you here today, because you, this is an affirming church. Yes, it is. And this is an affirming month. Yes, it is. And we wanted to, as a, as a podcast, kind of celebrate that. And we've, we've, um, we've had some other... Uh, other people on that we could have re-brought back on, mm-hmm. um, John Harris, who's uh, in the Mr. Sisters. Oh, um, which is he? He is Lexi. Okay, nice. So yeah. we've had Lexi on th- 
three times. Okay. Yeah, I just saw them last night. They did trivia at Enbar. Yes, we, yeah. Did you go? Yes, and we won. Of, well, of course, because that's the other part of the introduction is you came to our trivia night, which we did for seven, seven weeks, Joe? Seven. Mm-hmm. Seven weeks. You won five of them. Yeah. Uh, just not you were the cream of the Oreo. You didn't win the first week or the last week. You won everything else in the middle. And our trivia was hard. And I think we actually talked about it on podcast while we were trivia and podcast at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think we oh, sure. came in and complained like every time we had a podcast after it, we were like, I don't know how I don't know how his team does it. Yeah. Because we're our trivia is hard. We're pulling no punches is what we're doing. We did like one time, maybe the first time, and then maybe someone said something to us. We're like, oh, those questions are kind of easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I will not be insulted to my face with laying down or with without standing up for myself. <laughs> and so we tried to make the questions as hard as we could. Steve and your team was always rocking it. So good job on that. And we're excited to have you here on the podcast. And... Before we started recording, I was like, we want you to introduce yourself and let me, as I have been trying to do for people. And he fails miserably all the time, so this, this, is, this is fun. This time, I'm going to do good, because he's, okay. a, he's a pastor, and uh-huh. I'm looking at his page. So it's just like, <laughs> I just clicked on the meet our pastor. Okay. So, so you're cheating to get it. It's okay, though. Let's let's hear it. I'm what do you impro- got, It's like I'm improving. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Reverend Stephen Underwood is a native of Cincinnati, Ohio, and a graduate of Vanderbilt Divinity School, where he received a Master of Divinity with a concentration in prophetic and pastoral congregational leadership. Having been raised in a church that would not support his call to ministry as a gay person, Stephen came to the Christian Church Disciples of Christ as he was preparing to go to seminary and has found a home within that communion that affirms his calling to minister to God's people just as God made him. Mm. Stephen. I don't know why I'm using that. <laughs> no, I like it. That's good. That's a good voice. Welcome. Good, yeah. Like that. There's like an actor's guild. It's your movie trailer voice. Movie trailer yeah, voice. Yeah, Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the story of Stephen, <laughs> the pastor. So take it from there. What else? What's missing in there that we should know? That you couldn't put in there, but you just like I, I wish I could have put this, mm. and then let's get to know you, Stephen. Or that maybe you edited out. Was there That's anything a good you edited question. out? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I try to be relatively unedited. Um, later on in the bio, I think I talk about um, some mm-hmm. of my interests, which includes um, like gaming, which includes like Dungeons Dragons or video games. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about my cat Merlin. Who's, um, Merlin. My, Merlin. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I don't. I don't think there's there's really a lot missing from from that profile. Um, Is there a significant other? There's not. No significant other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which means probably no children. That's correct. And actually, you. I don't know how old you are. I am 28 years old. 28 years old. Get just done. So you didn't. Do, okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. Let me get all my thoughts together. 28. Trying to do math. Graduated 18, so that's 10 years there. Mm-hmm. So that means you didn't go straight into college. You took a break. I went straight into college. I did not go straight into grad school. I took two and a half years off between graduating college and going to grad school. Okay. All right. There's our missing years. We yeah. got them now. Mm-hmm. All right. What'd you do? I worked at Whole Foods. Worked hey. at Whole Foods in Cincinnati. Um, okay. sold Sold produce. Taught people about produce. I'd um, buy produce from you. You look like a, I could trust you with my... 
tomato choice choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said turnips. Like I don't have turnips actually. <laughs> I mean, it we seemed did, like you were reaching for we like did some sell weird turnips. fruit or something. Yeah, now I annoy my friends because I have a wealth of, of vegetable and fruit trivia um, mm. that they are very tired of hearing. Um, like, for example, most of the vegetables you get at the grocery store are all from the same family. They're all variations of the mustard plant. Um, so broccoli, cauliflower, kale, kohlrabi, uh, mustard greens, um, radishes, uh, cabbage, Brussels sprouts are all the same plant. They've just been selected for their roots or their stems or their leafy buds or their flowering buds. So it's all mustard? It's all mustard, all the way down. Which is totally a whole biblical thing. Mm -hmm. What? Oh, what's the mustard seed thing? Yeah, Mm -hmm. having the faith of a mustard seed. Mm -hmm. But you could be like, oh, is that a Brussels sprout? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what this mustard seed can grow into? That's part of the thing, isn't it? Part Mm -hmm. of the metaphor. Right, that it starts out as one of the smallest seeds and and grows Mm -hmm. into... A big old, big old thing. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Well, th- that's that's actually part of the story that people don't always realize is that, like, uh, he says it, it starts out as a small seed and then turns into a tree. Mustard is never a tree. Um, and so that's part of, that's part of the parable is this idea that, like, it's not just, it's a small seed and becomes a big tree. It's, it is a different thing than what it started as. It mm. metamorphosized? Mm-hmm. Mm. It did the butterfly thing? Mm-hmm. Without the cocoon. Without the cocoon. Yeah. They just went from mustard to tree. Mm -hmm. That's the Bible for you. (laughs) 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 So, so I, I was a pastor for, that's how we met. Right. Yeah. To bring everybody into how we met wasn't just at trivia night. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a pastor for 10 years, a youth pastor, and then I worked for a nonprofit and I engaged you as a as an employee of that nonprofit mm-hmm. a, y- a year ago maybe uh, it was shortly after you yeah, got Yeah it was very here. very shortly after so almost a year then Okay so about about a year, about a year ago somewhere in there and uh as I was preparing to come speak at your church that's when I was laid off and I was mm-hmm. like oh well I guess I don't get to speak at any of these churches <laughs> I I lined up um oh. and and so th- but that's how that's how we first initially engaged with each mm-hmm. other and then See, see you around, mm-hmm. but then trivia, like really a reconnection. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, to set up this, we had talked about you the day before I saw you <laughs> at Electric City because we uh, we never do anything that we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> we mm-hmm. should have had the beer guy on like a week or two ago because this is Beer Week yeah, right now. Fest. Yeah, yeah. Um, Great Falls, you know, Brew Fest. Yeah, and we should have done that. And and so we're like, let's try to do something during Pride Month mm-hmm. that's like. Yeah, that's right. And and we brought up you cuz we both we both knew you and you you weren't John Harris who's been on three yeah. different times so <laughs> oh, we're like yeah. And and we've we've often thought of having pastors on but Joe and I, you know, me being a pastor, Joe not being a pastor, we have different views about things. Mm-hmm. And so we always think that if we had a pastor on, we might get a little heated. Not heated. I don't not know. Not heated. Might get like lost in weeds. Oh, and I remember. Like that, you know, and so that was, that was old us. We've grown since then. Oh, okay. I mean, well, I and I'm just saying, like, like now having multiple reasons to have you on—that we know you from trivia, that we can bring you on during Pride Month, and that you're a pastor—like that's kind of an easy way, an easy way in. Yeah. Okay. If that makes sense. Feels good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not bringing you in to like settle any scores. 
Is that what? Oh, no. <laughs> this no, is well, what I I I'd be happy to. I'm, I'm great, I'm <laughs> this is what I people. say it says, and this is what Brian <laughs> says it says. Well, I do what? know everything. So. Okay, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to say that when I met you uh, over a year ago, the one thing that sticks out to me, um, well, two, two things. Let's tell everybody why Montana but okay. the thing that sticks out is also rock climbing. So we have to talk about that. Too. Okay. So in any order you want to do. Okay. Um, so within my church, the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, um, we don't have bishops. We don't. We aren't appointed to churches. Uh, it's very much uh, each church is relatively independent within the denomination. And okay. so we have a, a process called search and call, which I like to call e-harmony for pastors and churches. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. and you, you swiped left and exactly, started the church? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so basically uh, awesome. I had to create a profile as I was being ordained and churches create a profile when they're looking for a minister. Um, and so we go into the search and call system and I look at, uh, at profiles of churches um, and this was one of the ones that came up. It was actually the first one that called me about an interview. Um, and it was funny because they, they called me and I said, okay, I'll get some interviewing experience and then I'll go somewhere else. Because uh, <laughs> uh, why would I go to Montana? That's 1,500 right. miles away from every person I know on earth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, we had a good conversation. It was a great interview. Um, they did a second Zoom interview with me when I was uh, on vacation. I had just graduated and I was in Florida. Um, so I was at a beach house with my friends and on my laptop doing a Zoom interview with them, teaching them about um, the book of Revelation. Um, it was funny. I, I was talking about a, a chapter, uh, chapter 21, where it says there was no longer any sea while I'm literally sitting by the seaside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And were you in swim trunks and they couldn't see it? No, I was <sighs> not. <laughs> I was hoping. I was hoping. That's yeah. the best thing about Zoom. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so, so the, that interview went well. Mm -hmm. And so then they flew me out here. Um, it was May 20th when I arrived and it was snowing which was surprising to me as, mm -hmm. as a person from, from you know, Ohio who's lived in Nashville. Um, uh, it also was snowing this year on May 20th, I, I noted. <laughs> um, which, it was so funny because um, I tell this story to people all the time. Uh, when I got there and it was snowing, everyone in the church was like, oh, this never happens. And then every time I tell that story to people here, they're like, oh, they just lied to you. Like, yeah, I just, just say, there's always a freak <laughs> snowstorm in May. There's all, there always yeah. is. Yeah, it's so like they, they literally just lied to you. <laughs> it seems like they were definitely lying to you. <laughs> so I was like, okay, false pretenses, but you know. Um, but yeah, I just, I, uh, it was very scary. It was a scary um, decision to make, but I knew it was the right place. I knew everything about this community um, of Central Christian was just incredible, loving people who cared about their church community and and wanted to be a place where all could feel welcome and where where a voice for justice was heard. And so, um, yeah, it was scary. Um, I didn't know anyone. Uh, it is very far away from my friends, uh, but I am so glad to be here. Um, and coming up on a year, I, I cannot believe that it's almost been a year because it has just flown by. And uh, does your church have, like, a, a church board of, like, elders? I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, each church has a different yep. name for that. Yep. But so you, um, at, at your year mark, are you going to get, like, a review 
Are they gonna? Um, so we actually have a, a separate sort of system for that. We have a pastoral relations committee, um, which they serve um, kind of as um, as my advocates when it, if if conflict arises. Um, they serve as people that I can talk to about issues I have, or that church people can go to them to raise issues with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, uh, this month actually we'll do an annual review. Um, so, I'll, so hopefully you'll have yeah. you know so, five yeah, stars. I'm get, or... Yeah, I'm gonna get fired, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the block is hiring. So <laughs> <laughs> go go cut some cheese. Yeah. That'll, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> it's very convenient to where I live. <laughs> Rock climbing. Yeah, I I have really fallen out of rock climbing with how busy I've been, but um, I was um, super into it when I when I first arrived here. I'd been introduced to it by some friends in Nashville, um, and we used to go basically every weekend in 2020 because um, it was a thing that we could do because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it was outdoor uh, yep. outdoor climbing, sport climbing. Um, I haven't been to the rock climbing gym here in a while, um, but I have kept my membership because I know they're raising funds to build a bigger gym oh okay um because right now it's a a bouldering gym and i like top rope which is the taller the taller walls um, that you actually have to get a harness for what's bouldering then bouldering is just like shorter walls you don't use a harness at all you just are just like scrabbling up a wall um and so it has nothing to do with like bigger holds or anything like that i don't think so no it's just a a smaller wall Mm -hmm. is bouldering okay And so, if I mean, if you fall, it, if you're up on the top, you're not gonna like break your neck, but it is gonna hurt. <laughs> mm. um, and then, and then, what's it called that you like to do? Top rope. Which is top just, rope. You got, okay. You got ropes hanging with uh, with pulleys and and the harness. Maybe somebody on belay. Yes. Ah, there you go. I know that from the military. Mm. Hey. You got someone on on belay, or sometimes they have auto belays, um, which is kind of like um, that pulley system that will um, do that job automatically where. If you fall, it it reacts to that sudden movement. Like um, the rope can move if it's slow, but mm-hmm. if it tries to go fast, it catches. Yeah. right. That's the I don't know how exactly how it works, but um, it's it's a simple machine. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. And so, not much rock climbing since you've been here because you've been busy. Yes. Um, what makes a pastor busy? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I spend a lot of my time researching and writing my sermons. Um, that takes up um, probably. Probably 60% of my time, honestly, um, just because I have to select which text I'm going to use. I have to, to read about it. I have to come up with um, some kind of hook, some kind of application. Um, I like to um, I like to try and find ways to dig into the culture um, and, and some of those contextual things with the text um, and find a way to relate them to what is happening. Um, like... Uh, for, for this month, um, for example, uh, this Sunday was Pentecost, and so I told the story of, of the Spirit coming down in, in Acts 2 um, and talked about kind of what that would mean for each person to hear in their own native tongue, um, particularly given that the, the people that are mentioned and all the nationalities that are mentioned in that passage are, are people who were colonized peoples. Um, and so you have you have people in, in all parts of, of West Asia and Southern Europe and North Africa um, who were colonized by, you know, the Greek and the Parthian and the Roman empires um, and now are expected to do business in, in Koine Greek or in Latin. Um, but according to this text, when they, when they showed up 
um, for Pentecost, and they heard the gospel in the language of, of their families. Um, that is what made a difference with them. And so um, trying to uh, kind of connecting that to, to Pride Month and what it, what it means for each individual person to hear the Spirit's call as they are. Um, and the way that the Spirit crosses boundaries. Um, you know, Peter, um, on that occasion, quotes Joel, um, who says, in those days I'll pour out my Spirit on all people, on, on the enslaved, on men and women, on young and old. Um, and so is this radical inclusion is what the, the coming of the Spirit means. So. Mm. I think, uh, so having come from, I won't say non-affirming churches, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, it's not like they're, against anyone showing up mm-hmm. but they're not affirming churches right right mm-hmm. um uh, they probably speak a different language than your church speaks absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like like it's, it it'd be really hard to go to a non-affirming church if you have any gender dysphoria or if you're <laughs> any questioning anything about your sexuality mm-hmm. like it, it would be hard yeah um, I, I just did a wedding this weekend and I, I thought as this, this podcast was coming up, there's, uh, uh, in Ephesians chapter five, it talks about husbands, mm-hmm. uh, serving your wives and then just, this is not quoting <laughs> and then wives, um, submitting to your husbands, mm-hmm. husbands should do as Christ did and be willing to die for their wives. That's mm-hmm. essentially what it says. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I, I, there was, uh, the maid of honor was uh, a gay male mm-hmm. and he is engaged mm-hmm. and I don't know if they have someone to officiate. And I was like, oh, well maybe I could officiate their wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I would do a wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, because, I, because I've been speaking this different language of, you know, uh, from, from other churches yeah. and, and it, would be, it would be tough. And so I, I, I get the the correlation there mm-hmm. and it takes on a new meaning mm-hmm. inside your church building than it does in a, in a different one. Yeah, and I, I, don't I have a question. Yes. Go ahead. What do you say um, to other Christians? Um, like what's, what's your biblical argument for when they say that um, being gay is, is a sin and, mm-hmm. and sh- you shouldn't be that way. So, so what, what you are is the sin that we, sh- we need to correct, but we love you. Mm-hmm. So what, what is your response to some, what that, that, that sort of thing? I generally don't have those conversations anymore. Is the microphone working? I don't. I don't hear myself. There you oh, go. I, I muted <laughs> you instead of Joe. Joe is. I was trying to fix. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was saying I don't generally have those kind of conversations um, all mm-hmm. the time anymore um, because a I think people can do their own research um, mm-hmm. and. Um, I, I'm a big believer that people shouldn't have to explain why they deserve to exist. Um, <laughs> but um, when I do have these conversations, because um, I do still occasionally have them, um, especially because you know people who are not necessarily um, on one side or the other come mm-hmm. to me with these questions, and they want to have an answer. And so um, the, f- the first thing I say is that... Um, there is no such thing as a biblical perspective on sexuality. There are several biblical perspectives on sexuality, mm-hmm. um, and they are are culturally attenuated. And so, if you have mm-hmm. um, uh, some of the the passages from the Old Testament, uh, particularly the the Law, or maybe um, Ezra and Nehemiah, um, those are focused on 
the people of Israel and their survival, um, and uh, they are very procreation-focused. And that's why um, uh, in a lot of the Old Testament, you don't hear anything bad being said about polygamy um, because it's okay because... They want to uh, have a lot of they kids. They want to have a lot of kids. Okay, um, that makes sense. Because that's important. I mean, you're an agricultural, pastoral um, sort of culture, um, and you're patriarchal. And so you have one man who has lots of wives um, who have no sort of autonomy. Um, consent is not addressed at all um, in any of the passages referring to marriage. Um, and so that's one of the sexual ethics. Um, and then uh, on the other end of it, you have Paul, as in uh, 1 Corinthians 7, who says, I would prefer that you just not have sex at all. Like, I mm-hmm. think that it is a distraction. Um, and that's actually... Uh, maybe the majority, it is certainly a significant position within much of early Christianity, mm-hmm. was this idea that sexual desire of any kind was inherently sinful, mm-hmm. uh, even within a heterosexual lifelong marriage. It was like, you can you can do this, you need to try not to enjoy it, because it's <laughs> only for making babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think any Christians um, that you meet in the street have that belief. Right. Um, but that, yeah. was, that was a predominant belief. Um, and then in Song of Songs, you have an example of sexuality and romance that is all about desire. It is, it is just about the fact that these people are getting married because they're in love with each other and they want to have sex with each other. Um, and it's also they are having sex before they're married. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that is not uh, talked about a lot. But if you read Song of Songs, um, they are having sex before they're married. Um, and it is, it's all about sex. You know, people have tried to make it about God and Israel or Jesus and the church. Um, and I'm not saying it can't be those things. Um, I think that there can be a multiplicity of meanings. It's erotic poetry. It, it, fits, <laughs> right. it fits every <laughs> genre description of erotic poetry from that time period. Um, and so that's, that's the basis rather than going to individual verses and saying, well, this mm-hmm. doesn't mean mm-hmm. gay, this means whatever. Um, I say that, you know, the Bible is a centuries-long conversation about what it means to follow God, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't need the Bible to agree with itself all the time, and that means that um, I'm part of this conversation. You mm-hmm. um, Back to Pentecost, I believe that as a Christian, I have the Spirit of God as well, um, and so that means that I am part of that inspired conversation that is ongoing. You know, it is everything that we see sort of crystallized in Scripture was once something that was alive and dynamic and contested and debated. It's, uh, I think it's it's silly to say, yes, our beliefs changed over, you know, seven hundred years, but then once we sort of closed the Bible, no more changes allowed. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's a realistic way of thinking about the Bible. Okay, well, and then, and then oftentimes, like a. Uh I don't want to pick on anybody. Uh, uh, pastor, <laughs> when they when they oh, it's just going to sound mean, but it's okay. When they want a verse to say something mm-hmm. in someone's life, mm-hmm. but it doesn't exactly line up, they'll say, "Well, you have to put yourself in that time and that place, mm-hmm. and this is what it meant back then." Yeah. But now this is what it means when you're looking at the wrong things on your phone. Exactly. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. the Bible says nothing about a cell phone mm-hmm. and apps and Tinder, right? Yeah. Like, but and, we still try to apply it. 
And so why can't you do that with other th- And so they want to pick and choose which verses they can do that with mm-hmm. and which ones they can't. Yeah, and so for an example, one of what's called a clobber passage, which is one of the passages that people use regularly to, to say that... A um, clobber? Clobber, like you hit someone with the Bible. I'm clobber you with this. Okay, I guess. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, they'd like to clobber, clobber you with the Bible. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, one of those passages is um, 1 Corinthians 6, um, which talks about... It's, it's a list of people who are not going to the kingdom of heaven, basically, oh. um, which, f- for one thing, that doesn't mean heaven as in the good afterlife. The kingdom of heaven is... is God's agenda on earth. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean the oh, afterlife. Interesting. Um, but in that list, um, there, there are two Greek words, arsenikoites and malakos. Um, and those words are translated as sort of like the two sex roles in a, in a same sex male relationship. Hmm. Um, but if we're putting ourselves into that culture, um, there was a specific sort of socially accepted form of homosexuality in the ancient classical world. And it was men who had wealth and status and probably a wife mm-hmm. um, who had a slave. They had an enslaved person, um, probably um, a teenage boy um, who was their sexual plaything. Um, and that, that, is, that was the culturally acceptable form of male homosexuality. Um, according to like the elites mm-hmm. of, of the Roman world. Um, and so obviously that's not okay. Um, and so that first word, arsenokoite. So, wait, hold on. You're, you're saying it's not okay to have a teenage boy slave, sex slave. I actually am saying that. Okay. All right. I just want to be clear. <laughs> yeah. You've heard it here first. Uh-huh. Okay. Not okay. All uh, right. So that, that word arsenokoite <laughs> is just a compound word um, of the word for male or even boy and coites, which means bet. So it just means someone who takes a boy to bed. Um, and that's what it's referring to is this, this cultural institution of, it's called pederasty. It was, um, it was um, culturally accepted that, you know, everyone, everyone was bisexual in the way that they thought of it. You know, it was possible to be attracted to both sexes. Um, but you had a wife for um, making babies with and you had a, a boy for um, fun. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, um, it makes sense to say that that's wrong. And then that second word, malakos, is translated as like effeminate. Um, and so they, they say that it means like the, the bottom in the gay relationship. Uh, the word just means soft. Um, and it can mean wayward. It can, it can mean feminine. Um, but it's a very generic word. Uh, and when you think about the way that Paul was writing within a patriarchal system, uh, he thinks of femininity as inherently weakness, you know. We, we have uh, words that are attributed to Paul that talk about how uh, women are more vulnerable to temptation. Um, and if, if we're going to say, you know, Paul was limited, or the person writing as Paul was limited in this perspective, um, I think we can also apply that to, you know, if he says uh, a feminine person is not getting into the kingdom of heaven, um, we can say, why did he think that? Um, if, if a, a morally weak person is not on board with God's agenda, that's, that's the thing that I can agree with. And that's the spirit behind what he was trying to say. Mm. So, but that's just an example. I, I, like I said, I don't like to engage in those conversations because I don't, um, 
I don't want to dignify the question sometimes. I'm really, I'm sorry, but I, mean, <laughs> I also represent like, you know, this is small town people uh-huh. asking their questions yeah. of, of the new guy, uh-huh. you know what I mean? But it, it also helps. It, mm-hmm. So I thank, thank you a lot for, for, you know, fielding that question because yeah, of course. I hear it a lot mm-hmm. um, where someone will say, I don't, you know, like, uh, this is a sin and that's not a sin and this, and I, and I'm like, well, I don't know what to say about that. Mm-hmm. And I was just, eh, if I ever get a chance to ask somebody yeah. who does know and can maybe give me their perspective on it, I'm going to ask them. Mm-hmm. So I took yeah. my chance, man. Sorry. <laughs> well, and I was going to say like, Joe is only doing that as a representation of people he's heard, not as himself. Yeah. Cause that like, that's not a question Joe cares about at all, mm-hmm. but he does know that there's going to be people listening to be like, why didn't you ask that question? Mm-hmm. And so, Joe asked it, and I appreciate you asked it too, because some of those um, arguments or, or stances I hadn't heard, mm-hmm. and I, I definitely appreciate that. Because my, my stance, as I became a youth pastor about a decade ago, that's kind of where people felt started to feel more open mm-hmm. about being open about their sexuality. And so um, being a youth pastor, I was kind of in the middle of that, and I got asked all the time. Like, what do you think about gay people? Can mm-hmm. I bring my gay friend? Can I bring my lesbian friend? Can mm-hmm. I, you know, and I'd, I'd always say yes. Um, and, and what, not knowing how, especially as a very young pastor, I didn't go to college first. Mm-hmm. I became a pastor and then started going to college while I was a pastor. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I hadn't grown up in church at all. And so my answer was just like, well, I just need to tell people about Jesus. And like, I don't care about what they're doing in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like, can we just like, can we just talk about this thing yeah. and you guys, I mean, you're not going to ask me what I'm doing in my bedroom, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't really care about that part. Um, not that I don't care. doesn't, I do care, mm-hmm. but like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to play any effect on how we do youth group and throw Cheetos mm-hmm. at each other like, yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's how I used to handle that because again, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, in, in either of the churches I was a, a pastor for that weren't, affirming churches right um and so their their belief which I, I i just didn't bring it up but their belief would have been that like if if someone was openly homosexual they just they, they're welcome at the church they just can't do anything with kids mm-hmm. or or anything with leadership mm-hmm. because it's um openly sinning yeah right that's what they would say and i go okay but like there's half the people in our leadership are probably looking at porn on their phones. All types of <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, like, so or, like, or like, any of them divorced. <laughs> right. And so then I would bring up the mm-hmm. argument that I haven't met, I, I personally, and I'm not in the gay community, but I haven't met a divorced gay couple. I they, haven't. They do exist. They, they definitely <laughs> do. But mm-hmm. I haven't met one. Uh-huh. And there's several divorced couples in our church. Mm-hmm. And I said, most of the gay people I know, they present love in a better way. Yeah. Like They're presenting love. And not just to their spouse or their significant other, but to all those around them as well. They're, they're just nicer than you. Mm-hmm. Can't we just like bring them <laughs> here and let them do things? And that was an argument I was just never going to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, that was a whole sidetrack. I didn't mean to go off. I, it's a sensitive subject for me because I feel that, yeah, I'm not a pastor anymore because yeah. churches are difficult uh-huh. and uh-huh. above all, churches should be welcoming. Mm-hmm. And so they should be learning your language. Mm-hmm. They should be because that's the culture that we're in. Yeah. And, and it's not because things have changed. Uh, it's not because people have changed. It's because the culture is changing to make people feel more welcome, mm-hmm. right? 
And so people haven't changed. There's even, we won't go down this trail, but there's even rumor that Paul possibly was gay. Yeah. Because he talks about it. He's talking about a thorn in his side mm. and that that might have been it. Yeah. Whatever. Society is more open mm-hmm. to let people feel free to express themselves how they feel that they were made yeah. by a creator that creates every unique masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And so why can't we, people trying to tell people how to get to heaven, like be more welcoming? Okay, rant over. <laughs> you guys talk about something. Let me I like drink it. water. I'm thinking about that answer. I'm thinking, let me see if I can restate your answer. Because, I mean, I was almost close in what I was thinking. Because... When someone tries to tell me, well, this is what the Bible says about that, mm-hmm. I'm usually thinking, well, the Bible says a lot of things, mm-hmm. and they, they they conflict with each other depending on what you're reading into and, and why and from what perspective. And so what you said kind of made sense. You're mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it actually says a lot of things. It doesn't say or not say tons of stuff, too. It doesn't address specific things. Mm-hmm. So where are we getting those answers from? And those definitely we can subscribe to. Uh, well, that's what you think in your group of people in your geographic location, mm-hmm. and that's what works for you guys. Great. Well, here's how how I'm reading it too, and we can both do research on the same book. You mm-hmm. know, Google's or whatever's libraries are available to all of us. So that's a great answer. So I'm glad that um, at least you know I'm kind of glad we talked about it. Yeah, I think the biggest <laughs> lie is that uh, some people interpret the Bible and some people just read it. Like the idea that the Bible says something is is problematic to begin with because it doesn't say something. You have to pick it up and read it. Mm. Um, oh yeah, okay. and reading is always an act of interpretation, especially when you're really reading a translated text. Um, one of my one of my professors in divinity school, mm-hmm. uh, she's Italian, and she said that there's this Italian phrase that's uh, traditore traduttore, which is the translator is a betrayer, is a traitor, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's it's this punny way of saying that like anytime that you translate, you are you have to make choices. Uh, like there's a word in the New Testament that is translated variably as uh, reasonableness, gentleness, flexibility. Like it, it is a word with such a broad semantic range that anytime we are trying to translate it in whatever given passage it's in, we have to make a choice about what sort of valence we're, we're adding to that. Because we don't have a word that unifies reasonableness and gentleness. We don't, we don't have a word that expresses both those things simultaneously. Um, and in the same way, you know, you, you could list, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of words that have minor and major issues like that, where their semantic range requires you to make a choice. Yeah, and the only, and the only way you could, we couldn't right now, mm-hmm. but you'd have to live in a Greek, Hebrew, mm-hmm. Aramaic culture mm-hmm. that spoke those and lived those to understand. Mm-hmm. Also, without cell phones, internet, satellite TV, airplane travel, mm-hmm. driving vehicles that live off dinosaur juice. Like, mm-hmm. like we can't have any of those things and live in this culture to understand what those words meant. Yeah. And so when you immediately went back to the, I think you said Greek, you went back to the Greek. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, see, this is why I love it. <laughs> and this is why he's the perfect one on because he wins trivia <laughs> five weeks in a row. And so you know that he's going back to the Greek and it's just, it's beautiful. I like so, it. So yeah, I appreciate it. His, his answers are going to be well thought out and studied <laughs> like that. Well, and, a, a, and so in your bio, it said that um, the church you grew up in was not an affirming church. That's correct. And mm-hmm. so you had to study this right off the gate, out the gate anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so. That was an interesting process. I Oof. I went to Bible college uh, for my undergrad, um, which was in the tradition I was raised in, and so it was a, a conservative huh. Bible college. Um, and that was when um, I don't know if you're familiar with the term deconstruction. Um, this process um, that kind of describes a lot of people who who have reevaluated and, and evolved from um, a more fundamentalist faith. Um, they use that word to describe that. Um, but that was where that process of deconstruction kind of began. Mm-hmm. And honestly, m- much of it came from learning Greek. Um, it came from, uh, it, it was funny, the, the Greek professor was, was often considered to be the most liberal professor there. Um, <laughs> he was not liberal by any means, but um, he was probably one of the more liberal ones there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and he was considered liberal, um, uh, in large part because his wife was a pastor, which is not okay in the tradition I was raised in for women to be pastors. Um, but you know, he would talk about how, you know, all these passages that, um, that people are, are citing to say that women can't preach. Um, they don't mean what you think they mean. They're, they're Uh culturally connected. Um, and so then I was like, wait a minute. Um, another thing that happened was, um, I I took a a course on the book of Genesis, um, because I had been raised to believe that, you know, the earth is 6,000 years old, um, and, um, that you have to take Genesis literally. Um, Mm -hmm. and I learned all about, like, there is so much in Genesis that we just, that just flies over our heads because we are not part of the culture that it was written by and for. Um, Genesis was written, uh, by the Babylonian exiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was about refuting the Babylonian creation stories, which the, the Babylonian creation story is of the warrior god Marduk who slays the dragon goddess Tiamat and makes the earth out of her broken body. Um, and it's a justification of Babylon's conquest of the earth. Mm-hmm. Their mythology is what backs up their politics. And so the exiles were saying, nope, that's not what happened. God spoke and the world, the world came into being. Um, God divided chaos and organized chaos. Uh, there, were, there, were no, there was no battle uh, between cosmic forces. It was just God speaking the world into existence. Um, but you completely miss all that if you just like pick up the Bible and say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The the Sunday school stuff yeah. that they teach kids. I was never yeah. in Sunday school, right. but I did witness Sunday school, and it's like, what happened on day one? Mm-hmm. And they like have like a, a weekly calendar of events, right, yeah. that, uh-huh. that happened. And it's like, you're taking day really literally mm-hmm. here when there wasn't even a sun. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, like, 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 <laughs> you're saying that a day passed, but the earth wasn't even spinning or formed yet. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's weird that you're taking this so literally. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Genesis makes so much more sense if you read it as a person who thinks that the earth is a flat disk with a, an upside-down colander on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's yep. how they saw the world, and that's, that is what is being described in Genesis. You know, the word for firmament, for sky, that, it, that is a word that means, like, metal that has been hammered out. Because um, they believed that it was a metal dome over the earth that had holes poked in it, which were the stars and also how rain got in. Um, and so that's, that that's, where that, that's where that image of a metal colander upside down on, yeah. on a plate, that is what they saw, thought the universe was. Hmm. That's close. It's, they were close. <laughs> they were real close. They were really close. <laughs> You're half right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And so, so, so you make, 
uh, say say the word again um, that happened in college. Deconstruction. 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 So mm-hmm. you had this happen. Yeah. Simultaneously with sort of like the the process of of realize, realizing that I was gay, um, I was homeschooled. Um, so I was I did not encounter gay people like in a school setting. Um, and so I was, I was a late bloomer, as they say, when it comes to sort of realizing who I was and that part of my identity. And so, um, while that was, while the sort of like the intellectual and ideological questions were, were stewing, um, not even related to the issue of, of homosexuality, um, that self-realization was happening as well. And how, how old were you? Um, probably around 20 was when, um, all those things kind of started to converge on each other. And, and you, okay, this is all just out of curiosity. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to like, my, my personal curiosity. So mm-hmm. do you feel that, that this discovery in yourself was late because of homeschool? Well, not late, but just late. You said late bloomer, right? Something yeah, like that. I like, think, I think homeschool was definitely part of the reason, um, you know, if, if I hadn't been homeschooled, I would have been sent to like, a Christian school if we could afford that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it still would have had similar um, trajectories. Um, my parents were very strict about the kind of media that we consumed. Um, and so I, th- I think that, um, especially today, a lot of kids are, are going to just see that it is possible to be gay. Like that wasn't, that wasn't something that was intellectually possible to me. Um, right, just as just like the the Earth is flat with a colander right. over it, uh-huh. like you didn't know that there was a universe out there. Yeah, <laughs> right. That uh-huh. was even a possibility. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. That that totally makes sense. We, yeah, I saw this uh, horrible meme the other. No, it wasn't actually. No, it was good. Um, it, <laughs> it showed uh, Disney characters, and it was mm-hmm. um, Beauty and the Beast kissing, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like some other weird animal and a dude and mm-hmm. then some other weird animal and a chick and I said you're afraid that Disney's going to show same sex but mm-hmm. this is what you grew up on yep <laughs> and 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 so yeah very similar like when when that's all you're surrounded you don't you don't really know mm-hmm. you don't you don't know what's out there okay then the other just because I I I care but you don't have to answer this question um, because it's more personal okay how did your parents handle your discovery of who you are. So and again, you don't have to answer. No, I'm happy to. Um, okay. I actually um, am going to be talking about this in my upcoming sermon. Oh, okay. Um, Cause I, it's in, in many churches, it's called Trinity Sunday because it is the celebration of, you know, all three players are now on the stage mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the Godhead. Um, and so I'm talking about this idea of kinship and communion and, the inherent relationality of God and how that transfers to us through sort of like an adoption metaphor like Paul uses um, and how that relates to the, the, the queer idea of chosen family. Um, and so I'm going to tell my coming out story because um, so this Sunday, June 12th, is actually the anniversary of me coming out. It's five years um, since I came out. Um, and I came out to my parents before I sort of came out to the world through like a Facebook blog post thing. Um, they, they kind of are like middle of the road. Um, and so they, they say, um, we don't agree with this, but you're still our son. Um, and so they, they would not, you know, I've, I've never 
dated someone seriously enough to introduce him to them, mm-hmm. but they would not, um, like, w- if and when I get married, they will not attend my wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can still, like, go home for the holidays, basically. With your spouse? No. Oh, just you? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I don't know if that's oh, changed no, no. in I these mean, five I years. Mean, I'm saying once you're married. Right. No, I don't think so. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I, but I'm just saying from human to human, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I appreciate that. Yeah. And as as a straight male raised how most straight males now are raised mm-hmm. with an 11-year-old daughter, what is a better way for a parent to handle that? Hmm. How, how do you, like, maybe it's like, how do you wish they would have handled it? Or how would you, you know, how, how could, how could somebody not knowing handle that better? Not, you mean handle the coming out experience? Yeah. Like it, my, yeah. my daughter comes to me four or five, eight years from now uh-huh. and says, I'm a lesbian uh-huh. or whatever she may say. Mm-hmm. What is my, what is a, the best reaction I can have? Because all I want to say is I love you because right. I don't want to mess anything up. Absolutely. And so I, that's pretty much all I have right now on my script of what to say is I love you. I mean, I think that <laughs> is a great place to start. Um, I, you know, nothing has changed. It would be a good thing to say. Um, okay. You know, I will, I will accept you. Um, I thank you for telling me um, because it is, it is scary and it's hard to tell someone. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love you is a, is a great start. Okay. Um, I, saying I love you without an asterisk is, I think, the most important. Because the, the I love you but mm-hmm. um, is what makes the I love you feel hollow. Right. Um, and so if you just say, I love you, thank you. like. Yeah, because it's, it is more so. I, I feel that if I would have had kids 30 years ago, like this wouldn't even really be a thing mm-hmm. that I'd, I'd, I'd have to deal with because society wasn't open to this at all mm-hmm. and and the the world was flat with a mm-hmm. calendar over it i love that analogy mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> overuse that it's stolen now i'm i'm gonna overuse it but now that you know like i've had to i'd have to do some of my own soul searching because as i'm not raised in the church but come come to the church as a late onset Christian at 28 years old is when I finally crossed the line of faith and then immediately become a pastor a few months later. Like Mm -hmm. it was very quick for me. I've had to balance a lot of things and many people that are rooted and seated in the church that are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, like they have their way and they, they really don't want to change it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but you don't see the world as I see it as a youth pastor right now. (laughs) And it is a different world than what you grew up in. And I want to understand because I don't, I didn't choose to love women, mm-hmm. to be, be attracted to women. And so that's not a choice I've made. It's how I feel and it's how I was made. Mm-hmm. And I've, I have a lot of friends that don't feel that same way. But I'm, I'm positive through long conversations that they do feel that they were made mm-hmm. to be attracted to the same sex or mm-hmm. you know whatever, whatever may be there. And that's a real thing. And I, I feel that a lot of Christians handle it as it's not real. Mm-hmm. You just want to be cool or you just want yeah. to do what's trendy or it's it, not skinny jeans. People like right. this isn't skinny <laughs> jeans or Jinkos when we were in high school. Oh Remember Jinkos, Joe? Mm-hmm. Right. That was a cool thing. But I didn't feel like I had to wear Jinkos. Right. <laughs> like I wore them. So I wanted to be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally different thing. Okay. So so with your parents. So. Does, it, does that complete your? I don't want to cut off your coming out story. Does that com, does that complete it? Um, well, 
to a degree. One one other uh, element of it is I, I have three older brothers, um, and one of them um, has actually not spoken to me since, mm-hmm. um, and he will not attend a family function if I'm invited to it. Um, which was um, it was interesting that he somehow ended up on like a more conservative. Um, point of view than my parents you, know, mm-hmm. you generally kind of think of of the parents are the conservative ones and then the, the children are a little bit more liberal um and in many ways that's true i mean my my brothers are perfectly fine with dungeons and dragons which my parents think is the devil um but yeah i haven't i haven't spoken to him um in in over five years wow yeah wow and then but then then after your family, so then, so your parents and your siblings, mm-hmm. then you're going to tell friends. Did you make a Facebook post? Or a yeah, blog I, post? I made. Uh, I wrote a blog post and and shared it publicly on Facebook. Um, and I kind of talked about my experience growing up and and you know before having the language or the intellectual framework for understanding what gay meant. Mm-hmm. Obviously, knowing that something was different um, slash wrong. Um, the just like the experience of growing up with that and um, part of the process of learning what that means and what that means for my faith um, and just kind of talking about it, it was very much sort of like an apologetic for why it's okay for me to be gay and so like um, I would not I would not write the same thing now that I did then but I'm right. proud of what he wrote um, because it was it was what. Yeah. I liked the way you said that. <laughs> I liked the way you said that. Um, it's it's what was needed, um, and so that that was actually a really great experience, and was uh, was mostly positive in terms of like so the people that I went to undergrad with, um, and and um, my friends, um, and the 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 impact of that post was really um, powerful um, because I shared it publicly. Um, like like the privacy settings on Facebook were public, um, other people could share it, and it got like passed around. Um, and um, I got reconnected to some people that um, I hadn't spoken to in years, who um, were also um, part of the LGBTQ community, um, had had similar journeys. And one of them, uh, my friend Kelly, he uh, they uh, talked about um, how they used my blog post to have a conversation with their mom um, about uh, being gay. Um, or being bi, rather. Um, and I had uh, a young person from the church that I attended as, as a kid um, who somehow found that blog post reach out to me um, and say that, like, it, like, saved his faith. Um, I, was, I, was in the, I was in the back room of, of Whole Foods at work, um, and I was reading um, this, this message that this, like, I, he was, like, 16 or something, um, uh, and he was like, yeah, I've, I had almost given up on God. And then I, I read your post um, and it saved my faith. And I was like, okay, how am I supposed to hold it together? <laughs> I'm at work right now. Especially um, when you're not supposed to be looking at your phone. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it don't come back to bite you later. Yeah. So Whole Foods, here's that. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, this was before Amazon bought them, so it wasn't quite as bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and that, that's what I was, that I was actually searching for somebody that was supportive. Like mm-hmm. that, that's why I kept asking questions. No, it was, it, had... it was abundantly supportive, um, from, from lots of people and, and lots of, lots of reconnections, um, with folks that, um, 
I hadn't spoken to. Because um, I think in in the space between realizing I'm gay and there's nothing I can do about that and, and coming out as a person who is okay with that um, was a lot of retreating away from relationships with mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. for fear of what their reaction will be when that time comes. Because mm-hmm. I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't know when. And so a lo- there was a lot of retreating. And so the the ability to come out was the ability to, to sort of reconnect with a lot of those relationships. Mm. Hmm. Man. I'm just trying to picture myself like in Bible college, mm-hmm. in conservative Bible college, having been homeschooled my mm-hmm. whole life. Yeah. <sighs> reading and studying up on the Greek, mm-hmm. figuring out that I think that I am gay, mm-hmm. but that's a hard thing because I was always told that that's impossible because mm-hmm. I'm a good person mm-hmm. and that's a bad thing. Yep. Whew, man. And you're in Bible college. So you must be strong in your faith. Mm-hmm. So sin can't be touching you. <laughs> you knew that, but then you're like, okay, well then you realize this is who I am. And in order to be appreciated for who I am by the people that would appreciate my true self, you have to courageously throw up your flag and be like, this is actually who I am. Mm-hmm. And I need everyone to know. And if that means that I don't get to talk to you anymore, that's, that, has, that has to be what happens because maybe I didn't, I couldn't have you in my life and be happy at the same time anyways. Yeah. And so this is, this is a conversation that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Whoa. I can't even wrap my mind around it. <laughs> yeah, that would... Me neither. Because <laughs> oh, I wasn't I wasn't homeschooled, mm-hmm. public schools my whole life. Yeah, I, I, don't, was, I, I was, don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah, like I just, I don't. I know that I, I think I'm going to give myself a blue ribbon. I'll have to co- reconfirm with my um, my child, Clover, who came out to me. And I was like, I was like listing all the things. I was like, I think I said that. Mm-hmm. I said that. Okay. Okay, I think I said that. <laughs> And Clover still likes me. I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> I would go, I would, I would officiate their wedding. Right. Yeah. Right. I well, would, that, I would do it. How old are they? Uh, going on 13. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was Which, like, I, at first I was like, I'm open to that, but mm-hmm. I, you know, you're a little young, so let's not tattoo it on our forehead is maybe the thing, my, my knee-jerk reaction. But then I was like, well, shoot. I mean, after this many months and years and okay. I'm cool with that. That doesn't change anything for me. Yeah, there's still, like, it doesn't change anything. Mm -hmm. Besides, like, maybe a pronoun Mm -hmm. and what they do in their bedroom, which as a parent, you're not there. Oh, yeah. I I hope. I hope you're not there. I hope you're not there. (laughs) Yeah, and to, uh, you know, at first you think, well, maybe this is a fad because you see it more and more. There's more TV shows coming out about it. But really what's happening is it's always been there. Mm -hmm. It's just people are more courageous and feeling like they can, they can, they can be stand up and be counted mm-hmm. along with everyone else. Yeah. Cause we're well, all the same and we shouldn't be feeling that we, we, we are separated and, and, and need to hide who we are. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite, um, charts, uh, cause I'm a person who has favorite charts, I guess, um, <laughs> <laughs> is it's a diagram of, uh, the increase in left handedness. Um, oh. and you know, you see oh, like super, a super low rate and then it jumps up, uh-huh. um, because they stopped, trying to beat left-handedness out of people. Right, they just accepted it. Yeah, and so it's like, when I, when I see people sort of like panicking about how more and more people seem to be to be gay or trans or, or, or any of that, 
um, I'm just like, you used to kill us. Like, <laughs> we're going to not tell you. Like, I've, I've, I always think about Alan Turing. Alan Turing was a computer scientist in, in World War II. He was a genius. Um, he invented an algorithm that allowed us to predict where the Germans were going to bomb. And he was having sex with men. And because of that, the British government said you can either go to jail and lose all your research or you can stay at home but you'll be chemically castrated um so you don't oh, feel sexual I've heard, I've heard about this i didn't remember that was his name okay mm-hmm. keep going sorry um and he he was like i'm not giving up my work like mm-hmm. if you were, i mean if you were a genius and you had done all that work you wouldn't um and so he gave up um that part of himself um and eventually um he died by suicide because mm-hmm. he went he went I mean, he like I can't imagine another trajectory um, from that kind of cruel treatment. So this this man saved so many lives from the Nazis who were bombing Europe. Um, but because he's having sex with men, the British government was like, "Sorry, like I don't know what to tell you." Mm-hmm. Um, and that story is a story that repeats itself over and over again. And so it's like, yeah. When you stop doing that, people are going to feel freer to say I'm, I'm gay or I'm trans or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to Clover about that today. I was like, uh, you know, I, I like the way things are going. Mm-hmm. Because when I was in the Marine Corps, it was against our law to be gay. Mm-hmm. And if we caught you or mm-hmm. had any evidence of that, you would go to jail like a criminal. Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, what? I'm, like, I'm serious. I lived. I feel like an old dinosaur that that saw the Negro baseball leagues, you know what I mean, and right. everyone was fine with it. Mm-hmm. I, that's how old I feel now talking to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. Back right. in my day, we would have hauled you off to prison. And in some states, I guess they do. I mean, the same thing. Maybe I don't. It just feels like we're 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 going in the right direction, and it's been like finally, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, well, you bring up the um, Negro baseball leagues, right? Mm-hmm. Like how many people were against African Americans having equal rights? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long did it take for us to, to work through that as a country? And still, still and how many of those people things. are still alive and still vote? Mm-hmm. Right. Because it wasn't that long ago. Right. Right. It wasn't right. that long ago. And, and <laughs> women <laughs> took a long time having equal rights, mm-hmm. you know, like all of that. Um, it's just another, another process we're going through to try to be a more free country, Mm -hmm. like uh, essentially just to try to be a free country where people can be free to say, I'm gay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not get stoned or chemically castrated. Mm -hmm. That's a rough one. I mean, I can't, I can't wrap my hand, my head around the chemical castration thing. Like whose job was that? You know what I mean? If you imagine being the guy to be like, all right, here we go. Sorry, buddy. Like, I can't, yeah, I can't even picture this whole thing happening, you yeah. know? And then I'm picturing, like, what chemical did we have on hand that could, that could do sh- that? I'm not and sure then, exactly how it works. I, I think it was, like, you take, you take, like, a couple medicines. Yeah. Um, and it just, like, destroys your, your reproductive system. And I'm and thinking it's just, like, also, um, uh, because my head's, like, well, there's probably side effects. 
Yeah. You know, probably a little bit more than, well, you tell me he's going to ache. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, God, they just tortured this guy. Mm-hmm. They tortured what was a hero. Mm-hmm. Well, right. And as a male, you have testosterone running through your body. But if you chemically castrate, that probably you're no cuts off. Produ- you're yeah. probably not producing testosterone mm-hmm. anymore, <sighs> which is going to affect every chemical in your body that's mm-hmm. going to try to overcompensate for things. And not to mention uh, just the act of not being able to, like, if he's trapped in his home now, He's not going to be social, which mm-hmm. we all need. We realized definitely during COVID, we mm-hmm. all need, you know, connection and connectivity. Probably with people, on house arrest or whatever. On top of not having the right chemicals in your body. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and so, yeah, yeah that, that's just like suicide yourself. My that's pretty goodness. much what they said. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm glad you're here now. I mean, what are we doing this month? So is there any good thing? <laughs> any fun things? Yeah, actually. <laughs> so coming up um, this Sunday um, mm-hmm. on June 12th. Um, which will this be, be out by then? Hold on, I got to look at the calendar again. Okay. We said it earlier. No, this comes out June fourteenth. Okay, so which this will be over by then. Five year um, anniversary. Just congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I hope you were there. Um, but we're doing a, um, a pride worship service in Gibson Park um, with some of the other open and affirming churches in the area. Um, I'm really excited about that. Is that going to be that same Sunday? I'm sorry. What when, when is that going to be? June twelfth. June twelfth. Yep. Okay. Cool. Seven p.m. Seven p.m. Gibson Park. Um, and wait, then wait, hold on. I, I'm hard of hearing. You, I, it sounded like you said eleven, and it sounded like you said seven. 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 Yes. Okay. Seven makes more sense than mm-hmm. eleven p.m. Okay. Mm. Seven p.m. <laughs> All right. So seven p.m. Gibson Park. Uh huh. I want to go to that job. That'd be cool. It, like we can come, right? Yeah. Okay. No, it's gays only. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to make sure we're no, all you're inclusive. Good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, another thing that uh, my church is doing this month is on the 26th, uh, we're going to celebrate our third anniversary of being an open and affirming church. Um, because within within my denomination, um, each individual church um, has a lot of freedom, like I said. And so um, there's our, our LGBTQ alliance is part of our, our general church, and they have a process that you go through to be like certified as open and affirming. Because um, not every disciples church is open and affirming theologically. Oh, okay. um, and um, some of them are theologically, but they don't have like the official stamp. Um, oh. And the, the the sort of like the bureaucracy and the institutional stamp, um, the, the point of that is that you know, they have to have conversations about this. Like the process involves a conversation with every single person in the church Mm. um, to kind of take the temperature of where the congregation is on this issue. Um, And there's education about stuff because, you know, a lot of of gay people will go to a church that says all are welcome and then feel like the rug is pulled out from under them. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that happened to me um, when I was I was attending a church that I assumed was was more progressive because they had a female pastor. Um, and then I would be like, I, I was singing on the worship team. Um, and when, when they found out I was gay, they said, um, you have to uh, commit to not date anyone mm-hmm. um, if you're going to be singing on the worship team. And I was like, wait a minute. You have a woman pastor, even though Paul says, I do not suffer a woman to teach. What What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've had many arguments. Though, though it's it's easier for somehow for um, people to be okay now. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think it's just time. Like old people die off, other people don't yell enough, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But women is easier, even though I've I've been 
at least in conversations, maybe not necessarily the churches I was working for, that would have problems with women teaching. Mm-hmm. Easier for them to overcome that. Um, but then also the the last church I was a pastor for, they um, in inside the oh my goodness, what is it called? Uh, I can't even think of it now. Uh, evangelical conference inside the conference Mm. there was a gay youth pastor Mm. and that church was like same kind of thing is the gay youth pastor said i'm not practicing though right i'm gay but Mm -hmm. i'm not practicing the whole conference still had a problem with that wow and so i i told my pastor i said listen if if this church ends up having to separate from the congregation, like I might have to as well, mm-hmm. because like that's exactly what if if we're all agreeing that gay is sin, if we're going to say that, that's exactly what the Bible says you should do mm-hmm. is just not partake, mm-hmm. just like gambling or anything else, right? Like if whatever the sin may be, if we can't have this, then I can't be a part of this, and it wasn't even solved by the time I moved on to other jobs because mm-hmm. like it's such a huge issue. Yeah. Ugh. Sorry, that was another rant. And I'm, I'm apologizing again, but I just I just have a huge problem. I'm now thinking like I kind of want to attend your church. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> there you go, Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Stephen. He's like bringing in more sheep. <laughs> Look at this guy. You're a natural, my friend. Only 28 too. Yeah, jeez, super intelligent. I might I might listen to it. I I work every Sunday morning. Mm. I have my own church in a bar that I. <laughs> <laughs> where we have breakfast and songs and everything. But if there's an evening service like the one that's coming up on yeah. June 12th mm-hmm. in Gibson Park, shoot, me and uh, Clover and maybe maybe the sister will want to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm having fun. So there's uh, fun things for uh, Pride Month. Um, you're the only church that I know of. There's at least two others that I'm mm-hmm. aware of. I don't so know there's of any the others. First Congregational United Church of Christ is one of them. First Congregational United Church of Christ. Um, they're over by Taco Bell um, on 10th. Um, okay. Yeah. With you. Um, they actually, um, another one of the Mr. Sisters, um, Juilliard, um, she, uh, uh, out of drag, uh, Tyler is his name. Um, he and his husband um, go to that church. Um, and uh, he's, I think, the music director there. So he's he's participating in the I've service as well. I've been to that church one time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought I thought I saw him there. Uh, a lot of the um, the the Chinook Winds um, often does concerts there. Oh. Um, and let's see. There's Bethel Lutheran is another one. Um, the the United Methodist Church downtown um, is open and affirming. Is that Pastor Wakely? It is. For now. <sighs> we should talk about that. Mm-hmm. Pastor who? Pastor Wakely. Jeff Wakely. He was in the news recently. The city's suing him. <laughs> the, it's the the encampment down there. Downtown. Oh. Yeah. They're, of course they're affirming. Mm-hmm. Of course they are. That's yeah. so Because cool. they're also welcoming to people mm-hmm. without homes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, good. that makes sense. Good job, guys. Keep keep going. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> Which, I'm just a side note on that. This is, mm. this is a church that is um, on 2nd Avenue. What is that? South? 2nd Avenue South. It's one of the one ways downtown mm-hmm. and when you drive yep. on that one way that it's now like there's like ice houses the the pop-up ice houses mm-hmm. there's tents there's all sorts yeah. of stuff in their parking lot like as people get more angry more people move into the parking lot yeah yeah and i mean that's the the tents and stuff are the reason that the city is suing them because they're not properly zoned um which i mean i could i'm i'm going to a commission meeting tonight to talk about it so oh so um, we have a hard stop 
Yes, it's at seven. So we're oh, good. okay, <laughs> we're good then. Okay, um, but but yeah, um, First Amendment trumps uh, zoning laws, but <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, give him give him heck for us. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I like that fight. You know, he's like, oh, sorry, I'm just trying to. House homeless people. It's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not even house them. Just give them a spot. I'm just like like, you know, right out of the elements. You know, I'm trying to put love people. I have one of the ice houses. It's a little bigger version than Mm -hmm. one of them that's out there. And I was like, man, Mm -hmm. I should bring my ice house Mm -hmm. down here. Yeah, give Jeff a call, man. Make people more angry. Okay, Mm -hmm. that was a total sidetrack. So that so you named. Your church, the UCC Church, mm-hmm. Bethel, Bethel Lutheran. Lutheran, the UMC, um, Church of the Incarnation. Um, I believe it's a lot of Episcopal churches are. Hmm. Um, I don't want to say like with absolute confidence that they are, um, but I am fairly certain. Um, and then, I mean, there's a billion Lutheran churches in town, mm-hmm. um, and se- I know several of them are, um, if not like officially open affirming in their denomination, they are at least um, affirming in their theology. Huh. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, because the Lutheran Church kind of had a split, yes, maybe like ten years ago. I don't know how long ago it was, but yeah. So the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, is the the more progressive denomination, and that's mm-hmm. what Bethel is. That's what Our Savior's Lutheran. That's what Redeemer Lutheran. Like I said, there's a ton, and then the Missouri Synod um, or the Montana Synod um, are both um, sort of like splintered off mm-hmm. over the issue of ordaining gay people. Mm-hmm. But you were ordained. And how was that process? Um, it was interesting. So, uh, like I said, my denomination is much less um, top-down structure. It's much, it's much more free association um, mm-hmm. kind of situation. And so, I was ordained in our Tennessee region because that's where I went to divinity school at Vanderbilt. Um, and the the process was much simpler than uh, I have several friends who were ordained in the Southwest region, um, which is very rigorous. Like they had to take like psych evaluations and um like lots of lots of like rigorous interviews and 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 tests about like the history of the denomination um things like that for me it was mostly um i i had to get uh, i had to have people vouch for me i had to have people from the school vouch for me i had to have people um, from the churches i interned at vouch for me um and i had to um uh kind of talk about my my feeling of call my call story what what ministry means to me um and then i would have um zoom conversations because this was deep in COVID. Um, zoom conversations with a group of people who were chosen by the region as the commission on ministry is what it's called um, and so that that process um overlapped pretty much exactly with my three years in divinity school because mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how it's intended to go is is you do it while you're in seminary so when you graduate you go to work Gotcha. So, and so like for anybody that's, that's listening, that isn't part of a church, isn't Mm -hmm. Christian or anything like that. Ordination is a process that many churches believe every pastor should have to go through. And at every church or even uh, a denomination, it looks different. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was asking, like, how did that go? Because my ordination at a uh, non-denominational church, Mm -hmm. which just means it's just a single church by itself. Yep. And it just is bodied by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, they just got a bunch of people from in the church and on the leadership. And uh, one Sunday evening, uh, they all just asked me a bunch of questions about the Bible yeah. and my call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just said, yep, we, we affirm that, that your call, mm-hmm. that you think you're hearing, we yeah. hear it too mm-hmm. in, in what you're saying and 
your your study of the Bible and stuff like that. And that's what happened with me. Yours was a three year process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine was a one day like mm-hmm. like we took like six months and studied and mm-hmm. did some stuff like that where it was like very specific towards yeah. that but it was essentially like just a couple hours in a mm-hmm. you know what children's ministry room <laughs> we turned into a, a conference room or whatever mm-hmm. and then the the other <coughs> church i was a part of they had a whole process it was about a year mm-hmm. a year yeah. long and i said well i've already been ordained i don't need to get ordained with mm-hmm. this conference i'm i'm good so i feel yeah. like um i could just ordain myself is that I mean, you can get ordained online, technically. Yep. Online, yeah. you can get ordained. Okay, online. I was just checking. Because yeah. I was like, so basically, ordained can mean anything. It can mean... <laughs> well, and just I'm As a legal definition, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I'm just checking. <laughs> yeah. And and biblically, I think a lot of them, a lot of churches try to just kind of go off what the... They try to mm-hmm. go off what the Bible says. And, and essentially, it just means that, like, there's certain things you don't have in your life. You're an upstanding person. Mm-hmm. And that uh, you know the Bible. And that people affirm that you're, you're called, but I don't think the word ordination is in the Bible. I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, and so like, it's kind of just this made up like Christian. That's a, that's also not in the Bible. Yeah. It is actually, it's in the Bible three times. Um, oh. every time it is, um, derogatory though. Christians, oh. Christians don't call themselves Christian. Um, it's, it's an insult. Okay. All right. Christian is an insult. Three yeah. times an insult. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I word like Christian. That. Yeah. Cool. It's, it's, Bible yeah, but trivia. there's many words that we, we <laughs> Trinity, we for example. Trinity mm-hmm. is not in the Bible. Right. Um, I so only know that fact about Christian is because it was literally in my sermon. I'm not, I don't just like know that. All I was going to say, like, <laughs> I've always been told it's just not in the Bible. No, it is. It just, uh, it's not mm-hmm. a name that Christians gave themselves. It was a name that was making fun of them. Hey. Oh, I really like that. So it has to be an Acts. It's an axe, yeah. yeah okay. It's an axe, and then it shows up two other times, but axe is the first time. Yeah, cool. Okay. I mean, kind of cool. No, it is, that's totally cool. That's a new thing I'm learning after being a pastor for a decade. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty cool. And I I've, know I've, I've read those verses. Mm-hmm. Like, I've read the Bible a few oh, times. I'm using that next time I'm talking to a know-it-all pastor. I'm like, you probably didn't even know that Christ, the word Christian is in the Bible. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> if only you were learned like me. So you could get ordained online. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I have, actually. I've done a bunch of weddings. <laughs> But that doesn't necessarily mean you can then like be employed by a church. It would depend on the church. But yeah. you could make your own if you wanted to. I could to. just make a but church, that's, right? That's also legal. Okay. Yeah. I know how to do the paperwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I, I bet you I can figure it out. <laughs> 5013C. Oh, well, I definitely could. Yep. That's that one you are like 800, 800 bucks away from being tax-free, you guys. Mm-hmm. We just got to think of a message. <laughs> I'm not helping you. <laughs> I almost had I, it. I'm I don't, not, I'm I don't not need gu- competition. I'm not, yeah, I'm not guiding you to start your own <laughs> church. I'm not doing that. We okay. have talked about it. We want we want to create a church that um, doesn't even have a building. Like, don't take any ties. We like actually suggest places for people to to give their money, and somehow we're able to run this church for free. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to do that though. Nah. <laughs> we're not. Gonna, we're not going to do that. I think at the time I was just trying to give myself an excuse to call myself a reverend mm. and then play super cool blues music. You know what I'm talking about? There's old reverend whatever, you know, with his guitar playing ways. I've, I've watched too many movies. I reverend think. Ryan. Yeah, I was like, why don't you just use your last name? Well, yeah, but so I changed my last, my given last name is King, which oh. is even better, right? Like B.B. King. 
But I'd be like Reverend. King. You just, can't call yourself Reverend King. Well, I just you're right. That's why it's just so many problems with it, right? There's already one of those, and he's pretty famous. I, I don't know who you're referring to. I'm just kidding. Like I feel like I just I feel like I had a dream to become a famous blues musician, but someone else had a more important dream before I did and kind of coined that name. Yeah. So yeah, it wouldn't work for me. <laughs> I could be like blind. No, see, I just, it's it, all of my ideas from that period. I've, I think I've already, I think I've already laid you, to rest. You that he wasn't making good plans. Who's that? Oh, that, that person back then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That version of myself from the past. Yeah. He didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> he just gets excited because, yeah. you know, I get excited about stuff. What do you what do you want? That's how that's God that's, that's how God well. made me. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Full and so you've made friends since you've been in Great Falls now? I have, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My uh my uh first kind of friend group here um is my D and D group. Um I, I met some folks at the game store um when they were running D and D games um as part of um just like a summer uh kind of promotion thing. Um, and they did it. I, I was only there for two weeks before they, they shut it down again because um, they had, um, I guess, some staffing issues or maybe it was just the end of summer. But I met people there, and now we play D&D &D together at, at uh, one of their houses. And so we meet every week um, if we can. Um, our schedules sometimes don't allow that, but um, I've become really good friends with them. Um, and then I've also made friends with uh, some folks who... Um, also kind of came to city commission meetings to talk about um, what what the city has been doing in regards to the, the unhoused community downtown. Um, and so I've made friends with some of those folks as well um, through that, that common thread. Um, and one of my best friends, actually, um, she uh, went to uh, Divinity School with me, and um, she moved out here um, from Nashville as well. Um, and so um, I have her here, um, which is really great. And she she was part of the winning team. She was, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. a, a few of the times, not yes. every time. It, mm -hmm. It's either three or two. Yeah, it was actually, so the first time we were there was the second week that you did it. And mm -hmm. we were there just to get beer and pizza. I think it was when they were doing the hot chicken pizza, and that's why we went. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, my God, they're doing trivia. I love trivia. And so we were just a team of two people, and then we ended up winning somehow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then she couldn't make it the next week. Yeah. But we still tagged her in Instagram, yes. I think. Uh -huh. And then she made it the next week. Mm -hmm. And then So, like, every other week she had something going on where she couldn't make it. Yep. Yeah. And she was outside. What's, what's her name again? Wait. Anna. Okay. I was going to say, does she want it said or not? On, I'm sure it's yeah. Okay. Anna from <laughs> Nashville. Anna. Welcome. Anna, part of the... The amazing, no other team could ever top that. Oh, and she's <laughs> she's been schooled in divinity as well. Yeah, I like saying it. Like and so, that. what's she doing here in town? Like, as a um, so she's actually she's in a doctoral program online, so she can kind of go anywhere. Um, so, uh, when when our friend group kind of scattered to the winds after graduation, um, she just kind of was like, "Where am I going next?" Because I'm I I am mobile. I'm I. I can do everything I do remotely. Mm -hmm. um, and so she was like, you know what? I want a change of pace. I want to be with my friend. Um, I'm going to Montana. And so, yeah, <sighs> she's here for, for a little bit until she finishes her degree, at least. Are you guys roomies? No. No? Mm -hmm. Nope. Has her own apartment? Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, we, I mean, we would live together, but we have cats who are not cat people. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that takes precedence. Yeah, absolutely. That absolutely <laughs> takes precedence. My my cats aren't people cats. Uh -huh. Yeah. 
they, they're like one person. Joe has, uh, he takes care of CH cats, um, which, what does CH stand for? Cerebellum hyperplasia. Oh, is that the floppy cats? Yes. I love them. Yes. They and are he the has, he has a, an Instagram page, which you'll have to look oh, up. Okay, yeah. For his newest one named Gibson. Oh. Yeah. Which I've met Gibson in person, and I get to see Gibson tonight. Mm-hmm. We're doing yep. a little barbecue tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Gibson has a heart. Like, like. A bl- it's oh a white cat goodness. with black spots. One of the black spots is exactly a heart. It's mm-hmm. not like squint your eyes. It's, it's, it's like really exactly. a heart. Uh, and it yep. is the it's the best cat I've ever met in my life. <laughs> it is mm-hmm. the best cat ever. So do you foster Gibson. them or uh, do you just own a bunch of them? I just own them. Yep. Three of them, right? Three. Yeah, yes, three. We had one um, that was very... He couldn't walk, so mm-hmm. but he was such a great cat, and we lost him, and so we're like, oh no! We found these two other ones, mm-hmm. um, Frodo and um, Samwise, Aww. and um, you gotta love that. You gotta mm-hmm. love that. I, we couldn't change the names; that's yeah. how they were. So we're like, that's perfect. And then they're okay. They seem a little more normal, which is not my favorite. I'm not a fan of normal cats. For mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like them jumping on stuff and just I don't know. They're, they're annoying to me. But like cats that can't jump on you, oh my favorite. And Gibson is like he's a he can walk, and that's my favorite thing. Is like he'll kind of trot, uh-huh. like one of those show horses, <laughs> and then he he does like a trust fall into your ankle. Oh my goodness! And then he'll always miss, and he does like this somersault, and then he's just like laying, looking up at you like this, like waiting for pets or to be picked that up. Like he, he loves to be hugged, he loves to be mm. picked up, and I'm like, you're not even a cat. Mm. You just look like a cat. He's like a one of those My Little Pony characters with a cutie mark, so he's magical, and uh, he's like the cutest animal I've ever been around. So, anyways, I just so love you have these to cats. follow. What is the Instagram? It's a uh, Gibson Cat four hundred six. Okay. Gibson Cat four hundred six. So you have to follow it because he puts up uh, little reels of Gibson doing his okay. his walking around. Okay. Yeah, and if it wasn't for Clover uh, doing a reel for me and Brian here on the way back from Salt Lake, Gibson Cat would be the most. Um, the most views I get on the so any social media is my my wobbly cat that and I've only been doing it a couple weeks few weeks yeah which is something we haven't brought up yet is like we had we did this one reel that it's the only one we've ever had somebody else like hold the phone mm-hmm. right and and shoot and most of our reels will get a couple thousand views or whatever okay yeah <laughs> and so this one is just it's no different than any of our other reels you were just it's a silly family guy one and we're at almost 50,000 now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just, it, and so his daughter is our good luck. Like mm. without yeah. a doubt. Clover was aptly named. Yeah. Mm. Like Piper was there also. So I'm going to consider them both my good luck. Yeah. Charm. <laughs> and so that we're going to like have them tonight. We're going to make another reel and see if it, it can nice. hold true. We'll yeah. have, it's kind of the point of the whole barbecue we're doing. Like it actually is. going to do point of the reels with the kids. Yeah, because yeah, they're really good at it. <laughs> I want another over 40,000 viewed reel. I, w- I want to just do that every time. I can't, though. I don't know how to do it. Yep. We need can't kids. can't do it. Yep, we need kids. Need kids involved. And so she's not even in the video. She's mm-hmm. just holding the camera. It's that, that energy. It's it is. Energy. It is. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I'll take I'll take them to um, the sermon on Sunday on the twelfth at Gibson Park. Yeah. And then we'll see if uh, I'll be like, hey, you want to make reels for this for this church over here? Maybe you can <laughs> advertise some cool stuff they're doing. You know what I mean? Who knows? Who knows what can happen? We do have an Instagram. I'm terrible at maintaining it um, mm-hmm. because Meta, I guess, is the business now. Meta's um, business platform is the most user-unfriendly system Mm -hmm. in the world. Yes, I'm not liking it. Crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. We 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 
toyed with using Meta for the the podcast uh-huh. Instagram, and it's just. It's just too clunky, too hard to use. And yeah. so we just kind of alternate. Sometimes we forget and like he runs and I run it and mm-hmm. we, we hope to get enough stuff up there to interest people in it. But it's tough. It's okay. tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then on a daily basis, like you're not interacting with your congregation every single day. So to have right. something to post every day gets mm-hmm. kind of tough. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing with being like a young minister is that like they're like, technology yeah and I, I, do it in terms of my generation i am technologically illiterate like i'm <laughs> i'm better than some of the people at my church just because of generational differences but like you like you could find any 28 year old and i guarantee you they are better at any of the the computer things i do except possibly like design like i i can i can make things look pretty i can't do anything else sort of technological <laughs> Well, and I've been following your personal Instagram uh-huh. as well, and uh-huh. you're hit and miss, right? Like yeah. it's just kind of every once in a while. I, I enjoy following it, mm-hmm. um, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of every. It doesn't seem like. Oh, it's I don't your, do. I don't do it on a schedule. No. Right, it's not your main focus at no. all. You're just like, oh, I went on this trip. I should probably mm-hmm. share something. Yeah, you know, hmm. no offense. Very similar to my grandma. <laughs> I, I will take that as a compliment. Okay. Yeah, and you should, because like social media takes a lot away from like actual relationship mm-hmm. but if you're trying to grow a podcast you kind of have to yeah oh, what a pain yeah oh my gosh. <laughs> but is there is there anything that you want to make sure like if, if you want to share this later with somebody or maybe there's uh somebody we could share it with that's like questioning the relationship with god or questioning their sexuality or anything like that either one of those just to wanting to put to together church. anything that you want to say yeah yeah so um this is the gospel from a gay pastor um, the, the book of Romans says that love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And that's a theme that is repeated throughout the Bible over and over again, is this idea that, like, I don't care as much about you following rules or doing the right rituals. I want to know that you're treating people well. Love justice. You know, love mercy. These are the things that are evidently God's priorities because they transcend time and culture in a way that none of these sort of uh, rules and regulations seem to. Is this idea that um, what matters most is that you know that you are loved, you are made in love by a God who is love. You know, First uh, John doesn't say God is loving; it says God is love. That 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 verb is just an equal sign. God mm-hmm. and love are the same thing. Um, and so um, that, that is my, my polar star when it comes to um, trying to make sense of the Bible and, and all of the, the voices that come up from that and, and interact with it is love does no harm to a neighbor. So mm. we, we had this, we had a, a similar talk on our, I don't know where we were driving to and from. We spend time in a vehicle together. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, but I would, uh, Francis Chan has uh yeah, he had. Yeah, there's a shirt I had that said "God is love," mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's a very biblical thing. Yep, it is the whole theme mm-hmm. for the entire entire Bible. Yep. It's just love. Mm-hmm. You can get convoluted and distracted by <clears throat> the other stories, by the Ten Commandments, by things that different people say throughout the Bible. But that's the one thing that doesn't contradict mm-hmm. is that like God is love he is love being he will always love past present future and present 
especially, mm-hmm. right? And um, and so it's hard for me anytime a church is not presenting that. Yep. Just that. Mm-hmm. You're not letting people in the door if you're not getting anyone into the door. And if you truly believe <laughs> what you say you believe, everybody should feel welcome mm-hmm. inside your walls. Um, no matter what sin. I, like, yes, we can we can talk about homosexuality if we want, but like gambling debt, uh, addicted to uh, alcohol or drugs or homeless, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, everyone should feel welcome. Mm-hmm. The difference in homosexuality is I don't think it should be in that same sentence mm-hmm. that we're all we're all trying to keep it in mm-hmm. right like it's, just, it's this whole separate thing and and it's it's where there was a period of time where they they did not feel that african-americans were created equal biblically yeah yeah they had a biblical justification it was it was ministers who were on the forefront of keeping slavery instituted it was also ministers who were abolitionists yes um, and so you know there, there's always people who are going to use because religion is powerful. That's the thing. Religion brings people together, and people have power. And so, anytime that um, you have people who want power, they're going to use religion. I mean, it's just like Babylon. Babylon tells these myths that like our god Marduk um, built the world by conquering people, so we're going to conquer because we're allowed to because he's the founder of our city. Um, it's in our Bible. Um, that's the same, same shit. Yep. I don't know if you want the E on your, your uh, podcast or not, but <laughs> I don't even know if shit would have me put that there. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's the, the beer guy. The beer guy drops some F bombs. Okay. So okay. Shit, yeah. shit is definitely okay. Yeah. Um, and so any, anytime you have people who, who want power, they are going to look to religion uh, to find that. Um, but that, that, that doesn't mean that that's the only story that can be told. Mm. Be- absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Yeah. And, also in Romans, we're all sinners. And so there's everybody's looking to gain something for themselves. Mm-hmm. We're all selfish. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of times those people then become powerful members of a church or a head of a congregation or um, a, a whole denomination. Mm-hmm. And it ends up making a bad name for uh. everyone else. But you can go see Pastor Stephen. <laughs> and he doesn't have much power. <laughs> Not nope. looking for it. He's nope. looking to share love, and that's that's appreciated. That's powerful. And I and Joe mentioned it after his hard question. Mm-hmm. It's 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 harder here in Great Falls. Yeah. Then you you could have gone to, it almost anywhere else mm-hmm. that's not in the 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 middle of the country. Yeah. If it was on the coast, you wouldn't be having a very hard time, and you'd probably be invited to the other pastors meetings that they have, mm-hmm. which I didn't bring that up, but yeah. I'm betting that they haven't sought you out to be a part of their prayer group or anything uh, like that. Yes. So there's, a, there actually are two, um, two ministerial associations in town and one is, uh, is some of the, the main liners. And so those Lutheran churches I mentioned and the, the UCC, um, they're part of that. And so I, I do go to that, but yeah, there's, there is another one and I haven't heard anything from them and that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we appreciate you being here. I actually wrote a song that was kind of similar to this, that Lamp Store song, mm-hmm. because I, I wrote a blues song um, and I was thinking about pastors and religion and playing in bars and all this stuff. And I was like thinking about well, wh- trying to make sense of it all. And I, I, I realized that, you know, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather be a, a, a light or a lamp mm-hmm. in a dark place than another lamp in a lamp store. Yeah. 
so that's that's what the song i think that's the refrain you know lamp in a lamp store something like that Mm -hmm. so thanks for being a lamp in a dark place you know so i'm glad i just feel lucky that i'm one of the i was in the dark place and i I saw my chance to ask a question Uh you know that's what you're doing here you're living courageously and you're living um you're living for yourself you're living for other people and you're living for people like me who are just like, just seeing him just like, mm-hmm. Hey, look at this guy. <laughs> well, if he's doing, it must be okay. All right. I'm going to tell all my friends. So you're affecting people that you don't even know. And so I appreciate you being here. Thanks for, thanks for asking, uh, answering and fielding my, um, my ignorant questions, <laughs> you know, cause I just don't know sometimes I'm just, but I mean, well, yeah. I have, all, I have nothing but love inside of me, mm-hmm. I think. And let me know if I'm not showing it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Well, to I mean, you can't know what you don't know, because um, I I also used to think all of those things, and mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of like the 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 line I try to walk is you know, yeah, I don't want to dignify some of these questions with an answer because right. I don't, I think that the answer should be foregone, but also like if you are told something from birth, how are you supposed to just instinctively know it's not true mm-hmm. until you get to know someone and know their story? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's why it's important to tell my story, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think I'm, I'm not trying to do any kind of affirming your call at all, mm-hmm. right? But I think that is part of your call. And like you very confidently and eloquently do you describe coming out and affirming what you believe in the Bible, mm-hmm. which goes all the way back to the story of, of Pentecost and the spirit just going mm-hmm. freely, right? Mm-hmm. Everywhere is like, yeah, that, that spirit goes to you too, mm-hmm. right? And and you're then able to use that to interpret the Bible and doing it, I've met a lot of pastors mm-hmm. and not many of them randomly from a question from Joe are then going to quote Greek words. <laughs> there are some, there definitely are some, but there, there's, there's definitely a lot of pastors also that aren't going to, mm-hmm. if it's not in the New Living Translation, yeah. like they're not... <laughs> They're not going back to the root. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. And so, yeah, we do thank you for coming on. Um, I'm glad that you were able to, to share the, the God is love. Mm-hmm. I hope that, you know, somebody out here could hear this. Yeah. And it might get them closer to you. Mm-hmm. Um, only to say to get closer to God. Mm-hmm. Right. Not. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. So I, I, I want to explain real quick is uh, it was a hard question for me to ask to have you to come on the podcast. Yeah, because um, I went up to you and we had talked about it without you around. Uh-huh. Right? Like, you know, this is a gay pastor. I'd love to have him on during Pride Month. And then I came up to you and I was like, "Hey, we were just." Talking. I got really excited. Uh-huh. Right? I said, "Do you want to come on the podcast?" And I, you probably didn't do this on purpose, but you looked at me and you're like, "Why? Yeah, what, what do you want to talk about?" Uh-huh. I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about it but it's out like I have to say something uh-huh. and so I paused for a minute I was like about being a gay pastor uh-huh. it was Pride Month and you're like oh yeah definitely uh-huh. totally like I didn't do it then but later I was like Whew. <laughs> because also like it's not it's not my place mm-hmm. to tell Joe what he has to talk about or you what you have to talk about like we should all be free to you know and, and so I didn't I'm, I'm thankful that, that you, you are this person for this community and that you were called here to Great Falls, mm-hmm. which when you started doing the Tinder for churches, uh-huh. Never. maybe just thought of like, <laughs> oh, Montana's cool, yeah. right? And, and like, I'll, I'll, I'll just interview with these uh-huh. hicks up in Montana. Right? <laughs> you might not have said that. I'm adding that. That's, that's added by Brian. That would have been fair, though. <laughs> but then coming to Great Falls, meeting a welcoming church, mm-hmm. but then realizing, hey, this is a community. Like, Montana's 
10 years behind the rest of the mm-hmm. country. Like, we really are. Yeah. We're, we're a ways behind. And um, you've, you've got a battle, but I think you're the right person for it. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah. How do you feel, Joe? I feel good. This is a good chat. I yeah. mean, yeah. I feel like we're almost doing the thing where we're being topical. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Pride Month. Yeah. So happy Pride, everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm proud uh, of us for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, being able to, like, like think ahead. and we're, I mean, we're in the middle of Pride Month when this comes out, but... Yeah, we don't want to take any any of the pride away, but we are feeling a little pride. We're gonna pat ourselves on the back, right? <laughs> like we got one in, woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first one too. And we've been having this discussion um, off air that we want to have our our subject matter kind of experts. Uh huh. And so we now have our beer guy, right? So okay. if we have a question about a beer, or maybe we'll invite him when we talk to a brewer or something like that. And now you got your cool guy. Or D and D guy. Well, I, so I was actually going to say our pastor, but I guess if if if, if you want to be our queer expert and also our, our our pastor expert. No, I'm definitely a novice on the on the, the first of us. Okay, more of a pastor expert. Okay, so but if we had like a biblical question or if like yeah. something happened, like what would have been nice is being able to call you in when the whole rumors about Roe versus Wade mm. came in. Would have loved to have you come in and talk about that. Yeah. Um, Different things like that. Mm-hmm. That's a really tough one. Hopefully lighter ones yeah. um, that may come up in in society. And when they come up, we can be, hey, we called our expert. Mm-hmm. You may not even have to come in. You could just record send a little something. A memo, yeah. Right. And just send in a memo and then we can play it. Hey, that'd be kind of fun. Right. This is what our expert <laughs> says about this. And then we can like, without you here, then talk. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Um, the way we close out is I say, I've been Brian, and okay. you're going to say, I've been... I've been Steven. Yep. And then Joe's going to say, I've been Joe. And then all together, we're going to say, we'll see you next show. You got it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, sign up for our Patreon. That's not a request. Go over there. Give us $5 a month. I'll upload that Lamps shade, that lamp song Ooh. for you. Yeah. That yeah that's a ri- that's, that's original, a buddy. Yeah. That was... That was before we started podcasting, you sent me Oh, yeah. That. And I'm cheating. It's already done. But it's a good song. You it's guys will like song. it. Yep. We'll upload that to Patreon. Patreon. So the only way you can get that is giving us money. Oh, <laughs> anyway, sharing is caring. We appreciate it anytime. If you know somebody in your life that, that wants, wants to hear this, needs to hear this, or you're just thinking of them, send this to them. Uh, that private message, that, that really helps us out. We appreciate it. I've been Brian. I've been Steven. I've been Joe. We'll see you next show. show.